Welcome to season two of the Awesome Women podcast. In season one, we took a wide focus on women in all areas of the community, construction, automotive, mining, healthcare, farming, hospitality, and many more. Season two will be no different. In fact, we have a fabulous lineup of women, all with amazing stories to share with you. Season two, however, has a small difference as we will also be speaking to awesome men. For many of us, we have had male mentors who have provided a guiding hand throughout our careers. They too have inspiring stories and we will be sharing them with you. I, Amanda Bulo, Awesome Women in Construction founder, have enjoyed recording these podcasts. It's now over to you to enjoy these at a time that suits you. Thank you for listening to the Awesome Women podcast series. Hi, everybody. Well, it is time for another Awesome Women podcast. And today we have Emma Benton joining us. Hi, Emma. Hello. How are you, Amanda? Good, thank you. Great. Well, Emma, you have one of the most amazing clothing lines for women by women. I mean, obviously you do men's, you know, construction clothing as well. But today I want to put a spotlight on the women's clothing that you have. And yeah, let's start from there. I, I love it. So I want to share it with everybody else. Okay, great. Thank you. I was working, I've been working in construction for 20 years and 10 years before that I was in mining. And you know, when I first started in mining, I was given a pair of steel cap boots and a hard hat and told off you go and a men's jacket, men's parker. And over the years, I didn't get my first safety vest until about 2002. Yeah, that would be about right. And then I was given a whole stack of men's clothes. I got shorts. I got polo shirts. And again, the uniform requirements have become so strong in like about five years. By about 2007, it was flame retardant, high vis men's products and in a way like just being in the industry I kind of accepted it and I really just I wore what I was given and then it was only in 2019-18 I was working on the Sydney light rail as an auditor and there was a major incident and I was called in to investigate and I had to and there was some preliminary findings and the preliminary findings weren't what I thought had happened. And I had to walk into a, a, a senior management meeting and contradict them and their findings. And I looked at what I was wearing and I was dressed like a man. I had men's pants on, I had women's boots, but I had an orange high-vis shirt on and I looked like any of the day labourers. And I went, I'm going to walk into this meeting and I am not going to command the respect that I need or the attention and already I'm behind and then I have to confront them and I was like at that moment I went why haven't I got an alternative product here and then I was like and then that very moment I went it's up to me to do this and it's up to me to do this for myself and for everybody else so that meeting went appallingly, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and I came out and I've got really great relationships with um, people, some tailors in Vietnam. And so I 
was already booked on a flight, thank goodness, to go see them. And we sat down and over the next few months before I went, I designed a whole stack of clothing, collected fabrics, and then started making prototypes for getting a, a clothing line that would enable and empower women in those positions not to give up that the confidence that you need from a great outfit and to maintain your femininity but empower you and really strengthen the position that you hold when you have 20 and 30 years experience or even two or three and just feel confident and and not look like everybody else and since then since I've been wearing it I think it's really important when you're on site all the time to look like work crew it helps build rapport and so I wear that jacket and nobody knows with my reversible office to site jacket that I'm not dressed like they are dressed it's only when they see me move off site and go to a meeting they go how did you do that? Because I'm not lugging around a suitcase of clothing anymore. I don't have, uh, you know, I don't need to change room. I, it's instant. And it really helps me to be um, present for what I'm doing. So if I'm on the construction site auditing or investigating, I'm, I have all that rapport that I need with my workers. And then when I move to a meeting, I have all the credibility that comes with being well-dressed and, you know, uh, and I take my confidence with me and I, I'm not leaving it at the door anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I love it. And for those um, listening, the, the product we're talking about is a reversible jacket. Yeah. So one side is high-vis and it's on-site. And it's everything that you say, you're blending in with the guys on site and you're part of the team. And then, yeah, when you've got to, you know, whether it's even just going to the on-site office or whatever it is, then you've just, you're turning it literally inside out and you've got a, a professional jacket and, you know, it's, it's fabulous, fabulous. Yeah. And I, and I love, and I agree with what you say, we have to, to own it and have the confidence, but sometimes we just need that, you know, that cape, that superhero yeah. cape to be able to do that too yeah exactly and it you know people never minded that I was dressed like a bloke to go to lunch but now I don't have to be dressed like a bloke to go to lunch I just especially when you're in the city or yeah. you know grabbing a coffee put up the kids nobody wants to people look at your orange jacket and I don't get dirty on site like I'm not allowed to touch anything my job is not to touch tools if your job's to touch tools, this isn't the product for you. Uh, but it's, you know, people don't stand back from you when you, you know, go pick up the kids or uh, run into a cafe to grab a coffee or grab or sit down and have lunch or and really, you know, when we can, meet people. And, and it really just helps you blend in with everything that's going on in your day. Yeah, no, I love it. I love it. So tell us about some of the other prototypes you've been doing. What else you've been working on? I have uh, what I call, uh, I've got a summer weight one coming. So there's the the current one, the first product that landed, I loved it because I hate being cold. But when I met my friends from Brisbane and further north, we discovered that, you know, it's probably a bit heavy. 
Yeah. So we're working on a much lighter one and we've got an animal print and orange coming. So that will be here soon. Cool. I've got the clear raincoat, which I love. I've got room in that for a hard hat. So lots of raincoats don't have hard hats. And the great thing about it is it's called Don't Rain on My Parade is you can be wearing anything and your outfit's not ruined because it's clear. It's got high-vis trim. So if you're wearing high-vis clothing underneath, your uniform is um, really obstructed. Uh, I have let's, let's face it, coming. sometimes we can be in the office and we get a phone call to go yeah. out on site and we're not, we're not ready. Yeah. We didn't think that we would be going on site today, you know, and, yeah, so off we go, you know, good off the high heels and we're chucking our site boots on. Yeah, and we just want that little bit of out of protection. And although there's lots of raincoats in the market, they're very utilitarian. I, um, I wore a prototype to uh, a women's event in Sydney one day and it was bucketing down and I was like, I didn't get wet. Like I had this beautiful, you know, suit on and I threw this raincoat over the top and I managed to get through. But it was like everyone smiled at me because they looked at looking at me because it was so unique and different. And then like who smiles in the rain in the middle of Sydney in the CBD? No one. But yeah. everyone's just looking at me and they just look at what you're wearing and they're like, you're bringing joy. And that's it. Like I love working construction and I love bringing joy and learning. And these clothes, I designed them so that people continue to have that spark of joy and look comfortable, professional, and, you know, it fits in with their day. I also have a zip-up women's shirt coming. Oh, cool. With that, uh, because I, I, get, I get button paranoia on site. Yeah. <laughs> and I, yeah. And it has, uh, rather than a all high views, it's, uh, it's got leopard print trim. So, and, you know, just enough so that you're still compliant, but enough that, you know, it's definitely a women's shirt and it's designed for women to, you know, have a bit of fun. Yeah. And they are having a full day on site. And I think that's it. I mean, we're all in the industry because we love it. But why yeah. do we have to be wearing these yucky, heavy yellow raincoats that don't really fit and, you know, men's work boots and, you know, it's come along the industry and the clothing that are available has come a long way in 20 years. And, you know, I'm a bit like you, Emma. I remember going and getting my first pair of work boots and they were, you know, they had, there was only men work boots around. And I'm in the shop because no one was willing to help you and I'm trying to work out my size as a female versus a male shoe size and it was just crazy and they're uncomfortable and they're just and they're so heavy you know yes. to walk in them they're very heavy and I love that you know yourself and other business owners are creating options for us to still have our femininity on site but still be able to own it and be part of the team and I think it's fabulous yeah it's so it's you know, you need every tool available to you as a woman on site. And why can't? And clothing is our ultimate weapon. Yeah. It always has been. We will always work it. And, you know, it was time. And it was, I felt like when I looked around, there wasn't anything for me in my unique position. Uh, there's 
great stuff for women tradies. There's great stuff for, there's definitely great footwear coming. Uh, but for people who have that office site requirements, that we were really limited. And I really, really felt, well, no one else is doing it. It's really up to me. So I felt a huge amount of responsibility to bring these products to market. Yeah, cool. Now, earlier um, when we started, you talked about how you had a, um, you know, a support network around you. You had your team in Vietnam that were um, working with you on prototypes. So how important has it been to have that community or that support network for what, you know, for what you do Monday to Friday, but also, you know, creating this new range of women's clothing? Yeah, it's, it's phenomenally important because... When, I mean, I've had to learn a whole new industry and fashions are after construction. <laughs> like techniques in construction don't change too frequently, but um, fabrics and uh, supply chains, uh, although I, you know, I, I audit supply chains for my customers and uh, you know, I have to apply it to myself now. So making sure I have sustainable products um, has become immensely important, but it's only going to be through building my networks and uh, building bigger, uh, so it's an MOQ, it's the number of the quantities that I need to get sustainable fabrics into the country is only going to come through my network and strengthening my supply, who I can supply to, because the numbers uh, is so phenomenal for when you're looking to bring new and innovative products. You haven't got any uh, cachet and got no, like my numbers that I order are so small. I can't make a difference yet, but I really want to. And I really want to be able to say, yeah, everything we're wearing is sustainably sourced, uh, fabrics and those sorts of things. So people have really helped me maintain my my first degree was in environmental science and really helped me retain those uh, ethics and the, you know, those business principles, um, focus on women and cut and form, and then also empowering and confidence. So the, the people in my team helped me to deliver those things. And, you know, we question things like, you know, the design through buttons and all sorts of things like it and it's fun yeah so but it's so the people who are around you reminding you of where you've come from yeah yeah cool yeah now how did you get into the industry Emma I mean you talked about how you're in construction and you've got a mining background uh-huh. what started it all ah well people friends that I met at uni <laughs> really I did do environmental science and then like when like 30 years ago, 30 years ago, and everyone said, what job are you going to do? And I was like, no, like, you know, <laughs> jobs didn't exist. And then I managed to get one of the very first jobs in uh, as an environmental officer for the Department of Mines back in New South Wales, mm-hmm. back in the early 90s when they first opened their environmental department. So we are talking about government departments that didn't even have environmental divisions 30 years ago. Uh, <laughs> fast forward 
to Fast them. Forward. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but I liked mining, but construction stayed in the city. And I always thought I was a city girl. I'm wrong, but that's okay. Um, and then I loved construction. When I first did my first construction project, I was working as a sustainability manager for UTS and we did the former so-called so the Fairfax building that became the so-called head of office. And then we did a major renovation, which is still you know, beautiful, you know, cut through the atrium and uh, put all sustainable products into it. Like I think I had I've never had recycling rates as high as I had on that project. I got it to like 98%. Um, yeah, so uh, and I, but I loved how dynamic it was. It was like as your building and construction grows from design and concept through to delivery and, and the beauty about that project as a sustainability manager, I was there when people started to use the building. Yeah. Um, and we put in green office programs and trained people in how to use bins that I had specially designed. So it was a really beginning to end project. And I loved that. You can jump in on a project at any time and really create change. Uh, but obviously, mainly in construction, environment really gets down to can you handle muddy water? So I retrained and got into uh, safety mm -hmm. and quality. I really love quality. I think that's such a huge area for our, our, our industry. It's such a it's where we can build legacy without adding value. I mean, sorry, we're adding value but not adding cost. Mm. And it's so powerful. And when I get to do that with my clients, it's amazing what we create. And, yeah, it's, and, and it's where the innovation comes from in our industry. And I, I, I really enjoy the changes. I had been working for T1 contractors and I had a small business owner come and talk to me and he said, Emma, you've got to get out of these T1 contractors. You'll turn into something. I won't repeat what he said. <laughs> and, um, and so for the last 12 years, I've had my own business shoes mm -hmm. where I do safety operation quality of safety, health operation, environment system, and I do set up people's systems for certification and help them manage that and really get value for money out of their system. Because a lot of people see it as a cost, and it can be. When they're really using it, it becomes, um, you know, when I can find $100,000 of water in defect work, you really, like, that's a whole project of, about maintaining a project that you can, you've got that in your bottom line already and helping you realise that is a really wonderful thing without investing in new people, just a bit of training and without needing to win a whole new massive project to get that cost back into your business. Yeah, we yeah. all love a cost saving. That's it, and, and yes. It, and it's simply just not, you know, bringing an expert in like yourself to have a look. You know, it's not that yeah. anyone's done anything wrong or whatnot. They just mm -hmm. don't know where to look and what rock to lift up and find yeah. a little, you know, some some cost savings there. So it's fantastic. Yeah. So, and I really love those small businesses. Like I say, I used to say I could build a building and now I could build a suburb with my contractors. 
And they're all amazing and they all want to be the best. And I get a lot of joy out of that. And, um, you know, helping them achieve amazing things, even at these crazy times. Nobody's ringing me and saying, oh, we can't pay the bills. They're like, we want to be set, ready to go and empowering their workers to, uh, you know, making sure their mental health is good, making sure they know what to do when they come back to work uh, and really thriving in these, you know, taking advantage of, you know, not having so many people around them. Yeah, and particularly at the moment, you know, with, um, you know, states like Sydney and, and Victoria, and I'm sure at some stage, fingers crossed, hopefully not so bad, but Queensland, you know, the, the rules are changing at the moment with COVID about what you can and can't do on site and what you need to wear. And, you know, I haven't been a tradie on site, but there is no way that they can wear a mask all day and still do their job. It's just surely... It's something that is just ridiculous to ask them to do. Uh, it is one of those things where you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Like you don't want to be that person that shuts mm. down a whole industry again. And I think it's about, it's like in everything we do with safety, sometimes you have to be really pragmatic mm -hmm. uh, and it's like, well, what's the cost here? Yeah. And we really need to have those conversations rather than just accept the rule. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like in this scenario, is this what I need? But I will say, you know, I often have people who are in BA or welding masks all day. Uh, I have people who work in crazy temperatures up in Karatha. Uh, in closed situations, are, yeah. Yes. Yeah. These guys are resilient. Yeah. And they know what they need to do. Uh, if it's not right for everyone, uh, then, then we need to address that. That's where we can be pragmatic. And for those people who can handle these changes, then, you know, we need to, you know, lean into our strengths. Mm. We need to yeah. support them. Yeah. And support them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Fantastic, Emma. This has been a fabulous chat. We will share all the details of how people can get in touch with you in regards to their reversible jackets. And I'm sure you will let us know when they have all made it their way here and we can um, have a little bit of a celebration and, and yes. you know, get those reversible jackets on site and, and start to continue the empowerment um, for women on site. So thank you very much for your time, Emma. Thanks, Amanda. My pleasure.